Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the review show for episode 45 with guest Claire Coghill. I'm Connor Pope, Deputy Editor of Progress, and I'm joined for today's show by my colleague, Hannah Shaw. I got a text this week from a listener asking for book recommendations from the Progress team. I'll try and get recommendations from the whole team for next week's extra show. But I thought we'd just start with you, Hannah. What was your beach read this year? Okay, so my beach read was embarrassing yet relevant. Um, <laughs> I was next to Paul reading Militant by Michael Craig. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure whether that was quite the right vibe for the holiday or my friends were laughing at me, but I thought it was very insightful. So this was a book written in the early 1980s by mm-hmm. now Channel 4 political correspondent Michael Crick and I think was republished a couple of years ago wasn't it yeah so did you enjoy it was it interesting it was I've very not, interesting I've not read that for years we used to have a really old kind of tatty copy that my that was my parents had for many years ago it was great I don't know very much about that bit of labor mm. history at all so it was nice to see and read and also I think when you get involved in labour politics, you hear stories and you hear people's mm. names and you wonder why that person's famous or why another person's not. Like, this is quite embarrassing. But I sort of knew Derek Hatton was a thing, but didn't really know <laughs> quite why he was a thing yeah. until I read this book. And I was like, it now all becomes clear to me. <laughs> uh, it's also very well written and I quite enjoyed it on a sort of exciting page turn away <laughs> my, my memory of it is that a lot of it is about the funding of militant is that what you consider a page turner um yes clearly <laughs> as a bit of a economics nerd yeah i thought it was really interesting sources of political funding fascinating stuff okay <laughs> what other books would you have you read recently while i was also on that holiday god i'm such a loser <laughs> i also read the Rennie Edo Lodge book, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which I think was published in 2016, a couple mm, of years ago now. Yeah. And the reason it caught my eye is because she's recently published a podcast or produced a podcast based on the book or the discussions that she oh, cool. starts having in the book. I haven't actually listened to it yet, but it's on my sort of list of things. And it's sort of been everywhere and I think in the public consciousness quite a lot in that sort of mm. genre of book about it race got quite politics. big I think didn't it yeah quite a big deal and I thought I should read it and it was even for me someone who has lots of opinions on these things it taught me a lot mm. 
and sort of gave flesh to the bones of some of these issues. So it touched on things like Stephen Lawrence, but also in broader sort of legislative issues. It looked at race and the police. And she's actually, I think her talent here is she spins it all together in a way that's very engaging and very easy to read. So it's not the kind of book that's preachy. It's the kind of book that carries you through a narrative in a very um, direct and sort of almost entertaining way. Mm. Um, although I did find it did make me very angry. And I think maybe it was designed to do that. So I think she succeeded there. <laughs> I was in a pub about a month ago and um, there was two white men next to me at the bar, about 30 probably. And one of them was recommending that book to the other one. Clearly worked, did, isn't it? The other one sounded entirely bored by the concept, but, <laughs> but the one who was recommending it definitely really enjoyed it. Have you got any other quick ones? Um, yes. So a blast from the past when you mentioned this. This is mainly because I was on Netflix the other day and I was like, what do they have in new? And then there was this <laughs> picture of Nicole Kidman's face and it was about, it was a film about a woman called Gertrude Bell. And not many people have heard of her, which is, I think, a criminal shame. And I don't know how or why I got hold of this book. I think I have a bit of a weird thing. I really like bookshops. So I think I was just in a bookshop one day, standing there on my own, as I do in my spare time, and found this book and thought it was really interesting. And it's called uh, Woman in Arabia. And essentially, it's a collection of letters written by this woman, Gertrude Bell, who came from a sort of upper middle class family in the late 19th, early 20th century and sort of did her thing, went off to university. So she's, she was one of the first women who went to university and um, came back and she just had a fascinating life and not many people have heard of her. So she was a scholar of Oriental languages, Persian, Arabic, that sort of thing, very active in the scholarly community. She also climbed various peaks in the Alps several times, which back then was a pretty mean feat. She also crossed the Arabian desert alone and met lots of people in Saudi Arabia, which was sort of unknown for women of her time. And she was also heavily involved and she um, was employed by the foreign office in Iraq before it became independent. And she was actually instrumental, one of the people who was instrumental in brokering the deal, uh, which put King Faisal on the throne of Iraq mm. and she became very good personal friends with him and a lot of his letters are sort of oh I've been hanging out with King Faisal he thinks this he thinks that this is how we're going to broker the arrangement of the new state it's really interesting and I thought it was just a great example of someone who we've never heard of and also someone who did really fascinating things I think deserves a bit of a mm. boost past a sort of crappy Nicole Kidman film, actually. <laughs> Disclaimer, I haven't actually seen the film, but it looked <laughs> did, a bit crappy from the Because you, you're evangelical about this book, really, aren't you? Yeah, I think it's great. you used to carry it around in your pocket. I used to carry it around in my bag. Um, I think for about six months after I read it, <laughs> every time I went to the pub, I'd be like, guys, have you read this book? Have you heard of this woman? She's great. They'd be like, okay, that's Henry's obsession at the moment. And if people can't be bothered to read the book, what's the Netflix film called? <laughs> I can't remember. But oh, it's, right, never it's mind. just, it's just been released and you'll notice which one it is because it's Nicole Kidman and the sort of background picture is uh, a setting sun over the Arabian <laughs> mountains. So watch out for that one. So I um, set myself uh, a task of reading 26 books this year, one a, one a fortnight. 
essentially, which I was absolutely determined to do. I sent myself the same task last year and only read 25, which was a real kick in the gut. That's um, close. But well, I've already managed my 26 for this year, which I'm delighted by. You're showing off now. But, well, but part of that is because I've had to read quite a few for work. So when they go low, we go high by Philip Collins. Mm. Had to read for this podcast. And Things Can Only Get Worse by John O'Farrell. We did the, the live podcast. Yeah. So if you if you have thoughts about reading either of those, I would recommend both of them. But you can go back and listen to those podcasts to see if you think you might enjoy it. I also read Punch and Judy Politics by Aisha Hazarika and Tom Hamilton because we did an event with them. That is truly excellent. That is a, a really brilliant book about the history of uh, PMQs. And for a project that I'm working on at the moment for work, I've been reading quite a few books. Um, the ones that spring to mind are Fighting All the Way, which is Barbara Castle's memoir, which is really interesting. Citizen Clem by John Bew, the, the biography. And of, how is that? I've been meaning to read that. I've not read all of it yet, but it, it is it is fantastic. And it, and it does you know show that kind of two sides of um, of Clement Attlee in a really interesting way. The you know the, the quite radical socialist mm. plus the patriot uh, and how we see that possibly is slightly contradictory nowadays, but I don't think with him uh, it was at all. So it's really interesting on that point. And also a book that I'd not actually heard of until uh, a couple of months ago called Thorns and Roses, which is um, mm. a collection of Neil Kinnock's speeches edited by Peter Kellner. Um, oh, wow. It's really, really good. That's a crossover we all need, isn't it? Absolutely. But anyway, that is a project that hopefully will be, uh, you'll know, listeners will know a lot more about come the autumn but that's that's been uh, my summer reading list basically uh, a lot of books like that other books i've read this year i read uh, revolution by emmanuel macron the um you know the the kind of book the manifesto essentially that he wrote before the french election last year which i wouldn't recommend actually but i did read a biography of him called the french exception by adam plowright which i wrote a review for the magazine about a year ago i'd recommend that and then there's another biography of Macron called um, Revolution Francais. Oh, so um, slightly different. By uh, Sophie Peter, which is on my to-read list. So I can't recommend that one because I've not read it yet, but it looks very good. Have you got any novels or anything? Something a bit different? Yeah. <laughs> you don't read novels. <laughs> don't read novels. Fiction. Um, fiction, why would I do that? Too much labour history to read, am I right? <laughs> so actually recently I did, however, read We by, and you can correct my Russian pronunciation here Yevgeny Zamyatin mm, yeah. um, and I don't know if you know it but essentially it's the forerunner to George Orwell's 1984 yeah. and it's not very long and it's excellent it's essentially about it's the best way to describe it it's essentially about a tech dystopia and the idea is it's very philosophical and Soviet, and it's basically meant as a criticism of the Soviet Union because it's all about a society based around conformity and order and the challenges of that. And one man who uh, meets a woman who traverses those boundaries and what that means for him in that society. And it has a lot of similarities in 1984. So I think, oh, well definitely called 1984 a pastiche mm -hmm. of the but it's really excellent. an homage if you will <laughs> it's definitely worth reading in its own right mm. mainly because it sort of was banned in the soviet union yeah, for yeah. a time and you're reading it in its context it's also not very long <laughs> uh, which is 
an A++ thing for a book to be? So I have um, a book that is possibly similar in, in some respects there, except that it is incredibly long. It's called Berlin Alexanderplatz by uh, Alfred Derblin, and it was written in the 1930s. And it's about a, a petty criminal in who lives in Berlin in Weimar, Germany, around around that time, so before the rise of Nazism, and essentially didn't get a new English translation from 1932, and the, the only English translation that was available in this country went out of print about 15 years ago. And then it got a new translation this year, and it's one of my favourite ever novels. It's absolutely fantastic, but it is about 600 pages long, but it is really brilliant. Uh, so I read that again early this year, absolutely loved it. My other two novel recommendations would be... Um, when I Lived in Modern Times by Linda Grant. It's about um, a young Jewish woman in London who moves to British Palestine in the late 40s. That, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And Normal People by Sally Rooney, the woman who wrote Conversations with Friends. Oh, and okay, Normal, yeah. Normal People is her uh, follow-up book, which actually hasn't come out yet, but I managed to wrangle a review copy. And it's definitely going to be absolutely massive. It's brilliant. It's just about to come out. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, then there's a pre-sale one for you all then, isn't <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'd definitely order that. As well as hearing from the rest of the staff next week about their book recommendations, I'd love to hear some from listeners as well. So if you do have anything that you think you want to recommend to listeners of the Progressive Britain, send them in, uh, leave them as an iTunes review or send your comment in as an email to office at progressonline.org.uk with the subject podcast book and we'll read them out next week. This week, the pub quiz question I asked was, uh, which serving Labour MP once had an election agent that had worked for Philip Snowden? The correct answer was Barry Shearman. Alistair Harding was right out of the gate to get that right on Tuesday morning, also pointing out that I'd stolen that question from Michael Crick, author of Militant. There we go, he gets around, doesn't he? (laughs) Alistair has definitely won a mug before, so I'm not going to send him another. (laughs) But please do remember to send in any comments and questions that you have. Leave a review, rate and subscribe on iTunes, and we'll be back on Tuesday next week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.